0: Welcome to Puzzling It Out, Thoughts and Perspectives from a Clinical Psychologist. Hello, this is Dr. Gail Lewis, your podcast host, and a clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, presently practicing in her apartment in Manhattan due to the COVID-19 epidemic that we are all dealing with right now. So this is my 13th episode. And... I've been trying to think about what it is I wanted to talk about today. And I landed on this one issue that I got to tell you, starting off this podcast today, it's not very well thought out, but let's see how it goes. And who knows, maybe my free associative capacity will lead us in a direction that will be useful for everybody. I wanted to talk about the awareness that I have come to and people around me, patients, colleagues, friends, family members um, have been bringing up uh, in this in the context of sitting with all of the uncertainty and all of the complicated feelings that many of us are consciously aware of, most of us are somewhat consciously aware of, and a lot of us are somewhat aware of, but are reacting in ways that demonstrate, if not to them, but to others, that in fact all of those complicated feelings exist but they're not necessarily being closely paid attention to. It's This isn't a very unique theory, but it's certainly one that has been on my mind, that it's in times like these, times of crisis, times of having to really take stock of your life, which I think all of this time that we're spending not doing what we normally do, not occupying our time and our thinking in the regularity of our normal lives, one of the things that I know I've done is to reflect on my life and take stock of it and notice who's in my life and who's not in my life and think about why that is for the various people I'm thinking about. And um, and I think this comes back to the, this is a novel, this is not a novel idea. I think it's times like these when we do realize who is in our life and who shows up. Um, and we notice who doesn't and what does that mean and i i think it's especially i guess i guess especially on my mind these days because of the nature of what's happening in hospitals now when people come in with serious symptoms that Are then deemed to be reflective of having um, the coronavirus and on some level being aware I'm not one of those people who's been diagnosed as such but I I wonder if someone who's going into the hospital that sick is aware that once they go in the hospital it's very likely that they're not gonna be able to see the people they love again. Or if, if they are able to successfully get through all of the process of the disease and all of the treatments that are available to them, including for some being on a ventilator, they wouldn't be able to see the people they love for quite some time. But you see on the news from all of the first-line workers in the hospital the ways that they're trying to ensure that people who they see who are at the end of their lives, that they want to be able to find a way to put them in touch with the ones they love, or at least to put the ones in love in touch with them so that they feel like their loved one is not dying alone. And the one who's dying doesn't feel like they're doing it alone. This is one of the parts of this whole pandemic that I find to be the most difficult to sit with myself. The thought of... Not so much if it was me, to be honest, if it was me in the hospital, at least not being in the hospital right now, I think I I can say it this way, but who knows if I was in that position, if my thinking might change, but not so much me being worried that I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody or see anybody that I love. But being very worried about how that might affect the people who love me and what it would be like for them to not be able to say goodbye to me and not be able to have any sense of knowing that they could be there to comfort me and comfort themselves at the same time while they're holding my hand or just sitting with me, as all of these people who have loved ones going into the hospital would wish that they'd be able to do, and even though some nurses and doctors have been able to facilitate FaceTime interactions, I think as all of we all of us know it by this point in time, you know, and certainly I do, uh, given that all of my work right now is done through a video platform, it's not quite the same thing as being side-by-side with someone or in a room with someone. Particularly if we're talking about end-of-life issues. You'd want to be in the room with that person. You'd want that person to know you're there. That person would want to know you're there. And It makes me think horrible thoughts to be honest about what if that happens to somebody I love and what if it happens in the same kind of way it's happening to everybody else that I won't be able to be there and be a comfort and have an opportunity to say goodbye I think for me that's the scariest part of all of this when I think about the people in my life who I worry are at risk who are at high risk of being infected and potentially getting very sick to the point of being in that group of people that are at the highest risk of getting the worst case of the virus. That's what I worry about the most. Um, I think it's hard enough right now not being able to see my loved ones Not being able to be in the same room with them, to hug them, to kiss them, even just to sit on the couch with them and watch some silly Netflix show together that I do find the hardest of all of this and I know the people that I've talked to about this that I've allowed myself to talk to about this and I say that because I'm very aware that there are people in my life who would not be available to have such a conversation and be available to tolerate my sadness and my fear and my worry. And it's those people that I've become more acutely aware of not really being present in the way that I would hope they would be during this situation. While others have been incredibly present and very attuned to me and to checking in and to wanting to stay connected, there are those who, even though I have a lot of information information that, if this was a patient I was talking about and talking to, I would say to them, pay attention to the information that you have. Pay attention to what you know about this relationship. Have it help you understand and manage your expectations. I don't necessarily always follow the same guidelines as I talk to my patients about It's not because I'm a hypocrite, it's not because I don't believe in what I'm saying, and I do, and it's not because I think what I'm saying is wrong, and I don't believe it's wrong. It's because my psychology doesn't always operate in sync with what I know to be true. It's because of how I know myself and because of the respective relationships about which I am referring to, but not going to identify specifically in this podcast. I still have expectations, wishes, hopes that things would be different if, for no other reason, because of the identifying nature. Of our relationship and because of what I think logically what the identifying nature of our relationship should mean to the people I'm thinking about and therefore what it should mean in terms of the actions that I think should be taken that are not being taken. Therefore, my podcast about recognizing in an acutely upsetting way, at least for me, and I can't believe I'm the only person, what really is... um, the nature of the relationships in my life and who really is there and who really isn't. And when I think about some of the people that I have in mind as I'm saying this, I feel sad, I feel angry, I feel resentful, I feel forgotten. And it's interesting, I'm, I'm doing this podcast right now and it just turned seven o'clock. And if those of you who are listening live in New York, you know that at seven o'clock, that's when lots of people open their windows or go outside and scream and woohoo and bang pots and express their gratitude to all of the healthcare workers who are changing shifts at this time, recognizing them, letting them know that we know what, what they're doing matters so much, letting them know how much we appreciate what they do every day, letting them know that we are aware of the danger that they are putting themselves in every single day and that they're making incredible sacrifices, probably in their personal lives, but to their very well-being by doing their jobs every day and by trying to fight for the lives of all of the people who come into the hospital who are very sick and who want nothing more to be helped and to be made to feel better. And I guess the irony to me that I'm doing this podcast, saying what I'm saying right now, is that these are strangers. These are strangers banging pots out there. These are strangers to the healthcare workers. I'm sure there are some people out there that the healthcare workers know, but for the most part, these are people who are anonymous to them, uh, but just want to let them know that they know that they matter and to make sure that the healthcare workers, as they're leaving the hospital setting, to make sure they know how much we appreciate everything that they're doing. And in a podcast that I did, I think two podcasts ago, I talked about the issue of not being able to touch each other and how. Um, how we're all responding to that, and I think it's going to become more of a problem and more uh, more difficult to tolerate the longer we are in this stay-at-home proclamation and having to socially distance, probably for much longer than anyone could ever imagine. That the need to touch to be near one another is is all about being human. It's all about our, our need, our biological and our sociological need to be physically connected to other people, um, to feel like we can touch somebody's shoulder as a sign of caring we could shake somebody's hand as a sign of recognizing them or congratulating them or introducing ourselves to them or saying goodbye to them hugging somebody to let them know that we care or we're happy to see them or we love them or we know they need comfort or to let them know we need comfort And all of these things are incredibly important to the human condition and are very noticeably absent right now for very good reasons. For the reasons of trying to protect as many people as possible, especially the people who are at most risk of falling ill or falling to their death as a result of not doing all the things that we're doing to not touch one another. But I think that even if we were able to touch, hug, kiss, connect, I would still feel the same way about those people who feel disappointing to me who I would have wanted to and unreasonably expected to step up. Because in person, these people will hug me and kiss me and show signs of caring, which is very nice. But it's these times to me that matter more it's these times to me that are more evidentiary of what their relationship truly entails. I reached out to somebody soon after we were told we had to stay inside to somebody I hadn't been in touch with for years this was somebody who was a best friend of mine from high school who lives far away and for a variety of reasons that are not necessarily to discuss here we stopped being in communication and this was somebody who was one of my dearest friends and I knew we were not in touch anymore because she was disappointed with me I didn't agree with why she was disappointed with me but nonetheless she was disappointed with me and i had to come to a point years ago of accepting that that was standing in the way of us continuing our friendship at the same time when i knew that we were all in danger and that she was very far away and that I had no idea what was going on with her and how she was and how her health was and how she was taking care of herself and her family. I did everything I could to track her down. And I did. And I found her. And I reached out to her. And I knew that there was a really good chance she wasn't going to react to me and respond to my email. Happily, she did without anger, without resentment, at least as far as the email went. I don't know what she was actually feeling when she wrote me, but I didn't get any sense that she resented me reaching out or that she was reluctant to write me back. She just wrote me and let me know she was okay and let me know that she was thinking about me and hoping that I was okay. So even though she and I haven't spoken in years, and it's quite possible we're not going to speak again, I felt that I wanted to step back into her life, and I wanted her to be back in my life because of how much we loved each other and how much we cared about each other and how much I still love her. And how much her well being still means to me. And when that doesn't happen with people who you would think it would happen with at times like these, it's hard not to feel sad about that, at least for me. I'm trying to manage my feelings around that in the same way that I try to help my patients manage their feelings around being anxious, or around being disappointed, or around being angry or resentful, or feeling, for example, that having to do FaceTime or Zoom sessions absolutely sucks. I agree with that. Um, But I also think that it's still a way of staying connected. And to me, staying connected is the most important thing. And not doing it in a half-assed way is even more important. There are people that will not agree with that sentiment, but I don't care. There are certain people who I believe should not be doing things in a half-assed way right now. Perhaps it's naive of me to think that a pandemic that is threatening everybody's life should possibly make somebody rethink the nature of a relationship and maybe even have thoughts of trying to step into it differently, step into it more wholeheartedly Because the person on the other end matters to them. I don't think that's a crazy thought. But unfortunately, I think in this case it is a crazy thought. And it's something that I have to find a way to come to terms with. I will try to use all the suggestions that I I give to my patients when they're struggling, when they're dealing with expectations not met, when they're dealing with expectations that otherwise sound quite reasonable, but through our sessions we learn that are probably not reasonable to the situation or to the person, about which, about whom, they regard. And at times when patients and I have discussions like this, I do believe that I I acknowledge that if they're not getting what they want from a particular person that they think they should be getting something from, there are times we'll all agree with them that it absolutely sucks and it's unfair and I think it's shitty but all of that doesn't mean that the person is either capable or willing or wanting to do the things that said patient or me feel that should happen It just leaves us feeling angry and resentful and disappointed. And it ends up being that we're the only ones that suffer. People can make choices to not step into our lives, especially now. And even when situations aren't as dire as they are now, they get to do that. We get to do that. We are people of free will. Everybody is a person of free will, getting to make choices of their own for their own particular reasons, and we can't control that as much as we might want to, and there are lots of times when I want to. this is how it is so before I end what I'll say is that I'm grateful for the people who are in my life who show up who remind me of what I mean to them, remind me of what they mean to me, remind me that they are there and that they know I am here, who want to know what's going on in a regular way, who want to make sure that I'm okay, who allow my regular questionings of, are you okay, are you taking care? I am grateful every day for those people and I'm going to do my best to focus on that and to not focus on being sad about those who are not stepping in, in the way I want them to. I'll still think about those people, I'll still think about my sadness about that. As many of you probably are doing as well. But I'm going to focus more on the people that are here. They're the people to give energy to, they're the people to be grateful for. They're the people whom I can't wait to give a great big hug and kiss to when all of this is over. I will end there. For all of my listeners, thank you again for your attention and your time. I thank you always. If you have any questions or thoughts about this podcast, please go to my website at drgaillewis.com. There's a place on my podcast page for comments there's a page to schedule an appointment should you want to discuss this or anything else with me in a more in-depth way my email address is there my office phone number is there even though I'm not in my actual office I get my messages all the time if you have any questions or if you have any comments please feel free to reach out to me I hope you're all taking care and staying safe And paying attention to all of these rules and regulations about which we must abide. It's not just for your safety, it's for everybody else's safety as well. So that when this is all over, you will be able to give those hugs and kisses to all the people that you want to. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.